episode 137. Uh, I'm Andrew, and we're here in the Scenario Factory. Uh, we're we're <laughs> waiting for the factory to spin us up some scenarios. I've gone full Charlie Kaufman. All right. Maybe we'll be in a hot air balloon. Um, perhaps we'll be on a three-seater... Uh, wait, it's not a tandem. Does tandem refer to two people? It sh- sure does. Yeah, so what's a, what's a, what's a three-person bike Polydom? called? Tri- a tritum bike? Tritum? <laughs> There has to be a name for a three-person bike, right? That's probably a really obvious one. You're going to get so many tweets telling you that you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, it is just called a tandem bike, apparently. Is a, is a oh. tandem bike where you choose your partner based on like the conversational skills? <laughs> <laughs> so we're here in the scenario factory uh, waiting to see what it spits out for us. Um, standing over there by the big chute uh, where the scenarios get spat out. Uh, it's Theo. Hi, Theo. Hey, I just like the noise they cu- they make coming out of the chute. <laughs> they start clunking out. It's like the pneumatic tubes, and then yeah, you yeah, un- yeah. you unroll a scroll when you get it out. Yeah, except you unroll it, and it's just whatever fresh turds we're dealing up to the listeners every week. Yeah. Uh, and standing over in the corner, uh, covered in sweat, her face all sooty, shoveling fire into the engine that powers the scenario factory. Mm. It's Lucy. Of course, I'm Lucy. doing the bloody heavy lifting. It's a That's true. woman's burden to bear. Yeah, uh, women hold up half the sky. That's right. Ancient Chinese proverb. You know. Mm-hmm. Is so, that so? Um, apparently, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's and that is as far as I am willing to go into that. Cool. Thanks. So before we before we go anywhere else this evening, um, we have to throw out a quick eulogy for a friend of the show and former subject of the show, uh, Mad Mike, the self-taught rocket scientist. Very sad to see. Um, we did, of course, talk about Mad Mike way back. In episode 34, Barnaby's Choice. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a time. Uh, we, we were just being, you know, lovingly bemused by Mike and his attempts to build his own rockets uh, with which he hoped to break the bonds of gravity and teach everybody that, in fact, the world is flat. And look, you got to, I think, really give respect to a man of his word, right? Hmm. Mm. That would be a, an insane idea to literally anybody... To physically on, do. Yep. Anyone at all, except him. But by jingo, he went and did it. He called himself Mad Mike, you know? Really <laughs> leaned in. Something in the name there. Really leaned into it. Um, so, <laughs> let me read you a quote from a news article here. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm not laughing at the Mad no, Mike there are there part. are a lot of mixed emotions going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You don't know whether to laugh or cry. Um, no, it's not actually about the Mad Mike dying part. You'll you'll see this bit. Um, Hughes tragically passed away today during an attempt to launch his homemade rocket, uh, the Science Channel, which was planning to feature him on an upcoming series called Homemade Astronauts, said on Twitter. What? Homemade Astronauts. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends during this difficult time. It was always his dream to do this launch, and Science Channel was there to chronicle his journey, they said. Uh, a video of the incident in which the rocket appears to fall shortly after takeoff in the Mojave Desert outside Barstow, California, was posted to Twitter by Justin Chapman, a freelance journalist who was filming the launch. Um, Mad Mike Hughes just launched himself in a self-made steam-powered rocket and crash-landed. Very likely did not survive, Chapman wrote in a caption to the video. Yep. Yikes. I'm going to say, I feel like Science Channel is going to be in some hot water over this. Feel you feel like they're um they're partly to blame? Maybe just a little bit. I feel like maybe you shouldn't encourage someone who is perhaps quite mentally ill to do I, to be a homemade astronaut. I don't know whether he needed any encouragement. Just That's true. my he was, he was doing it well yeah, before this. My yeah. feeling about uh, Mad Mike was that this is a guy that was sooner or later going to explode himself um, via rocket. That's sort of just 
I mean, that was my thought at the time when uh, when he started to do this, when he proposed that he was going to fire himself up in a rocket so that he could see the lack of the curve in the earth or, or maybe the curve, you know, open mind. I yep. thought this guy is absolutely going to fucking pancake himself tragically. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't think he needed the encouragement from uh, from people, you know, filming him or whatever. He It's, it's a just a sad part of the the life he chose which was again to uh fire himself up in a clandestine rocket uh, if you watch the video it's it's pretty um pretty much the rocket goes up the parachute fires immediately and then it's just well that rocket's just coming down baby well as uh, as chapman told the la times uh, the parachute ripped off at launch so the rocket went straight up in an arc and came straight down it really just goes to show what happens when you ask the dangerous questions someone's yeah, going to no do it ask. i will say this for for anybody out there who may think that we're making fun of mad mike uh, the world is less colorful without oh, absolutely. someone like him in it i was my first thought was that this is a tragedy, right? Because I, I honestly wanted to see what he had to say about what he saw up there and, like, how that fit in with his very strange view of the world. I wonder if the if the idea was that, like, um, that, that the only way he could say whether there was any curvature to the Earth was to see it himself and that was it? Is that kind of the deal? That's, that's the deal, yeah. That's, a, that's essentially the deal. What about a hot air balloon? You know? I don't know. I don't, maybe just not his... He's not like a subject matter expert in hot air ballooning, perhaps. Rockets. Got a real... He's, you know... It's in his blood. He's got a, he's got a handle on it. So, I think he's just stuck with, with what he knew. Died well, doing um, what he loved. Got to respect it. Yeah. And let's... Um, you know, let's uh, leave it with a message that... Um, Mad Mike Hughes posted to his own social media account uh, with a quote, Do I believe the earth is shaped like a frisbee? I believe it is. You know? Do I know for sure? No. That's why I want to go up into space. You know, he probably died not having that view at all changed. Good for him. Yeah, well, you know, stuck in there. Um, He probably died not being quite sure what was happening. You'd hope. You'd hope. You'd hope. It just all kind of happened very quickly, you know? Damn. R.I.P. 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 Mad Mike. Uh, going up to big flat heaven. <laughs> uh, is heaven flat in this scenario? I guess. Yeah, there's there's uh, frisbee-shaped earth and then exactly like three kilometers above it. Frisbee-shaped heaven. Sounds totally good. Totally flat. Um, you go, you your, your soul like ascends, you get the angel wings immediately. And the little halo. Uh, your soul ascends and then it gets up to the bottom of heaven and it has to go around and come up the side because mm. it is completely flat. Does that mean Galileo is in frisbee-shaped hell? I can yes. only... <laughs> I can sure. only assume. <laughs> Galileo is spending eternity being pushed off the edge of frisbee-shaped hell uh, and then he dies and reappears again. It's constantly mm. shown that his idea was wrong over and over for eternity. Yep. Just just gets shoved off one frisbee and lands on the next layer of hell. Oh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> ah, you know? It's worse than the last one. Oh, I should don't, have listened. Don't, don't fucking email in and saying that like Galileo is the geocentric guy or whatever. I forget. All right. No, no one knows who any of those guys are. The gravity no. guy. Who could that have been? I don't know. They probably didn't even yeah. write it down. Who knows? I'm yep. I'm not part of this conversation. Don't don't drag <laughs> me to this. <laughs> Which one is it, Lucy? Is, is Galileo the round Earth or geocentric guy? Is that all just all mushed up into one? It's, it's, sure. Yes. Was he was he the triangle <laughs> guy? No one knows. We're, we're so dumb. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I've got. I a, should know this. <laughs> I've got no. I've got an inkling, but I don't want to. I don't want to break the He's bit the by Earth actually guessing and getting it the wrong. Sun guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody knows. <laughs> Theory of relativity. Who? You know. Uh, no way to help it. No way to help it, or to know who came up with anything. Won't be. I'll tell you what I would like to know. Mm. I'd like to know who came up with the latest ad campaign for ANZ. Bank account. 
uh, of the queer community, I guess? Or are they all the bank account of the queer community? Are they the, the gay TM company? Yeah. I believe they are. And we have talked about gay TMs on the show before. Uh, and how, you know, just a lot of that sort of stuff uh, generally has the stinky air of exploitation of the minority community. I think we were also talking about like... Uh, there was a recent Starbucks ad campaign about like um, uh, a trans person using their name on the cup and they called it out at Starbucks and they were like, yes. And then all these people replied and were like, Starbucks um, wouldn't let me change my name on payroll when I transitioned <laughs> uh, and all this sort of stuff. So that's pretty cool, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so ANZ, major sponsor of the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras, uh, have released a new ad... We could have a little listen. Um, it is part of their, quote, love speech campaign. Now, I'm going to play you guys this. Um, it's one minute long and big old content warning. Yeah, has this got some slurs in it? it I believe it's like um, mainly composed of slurs. Oh. Like, you know, you know wheatgrass juice? Oh, boy. Mm. You know wheatgrass juice, right? You get a cup. No. And it's um, not experienced this. It's filled with no juice. Neither of you have ever. Neither of you have ever drunk a little thing of wheatgrass. Jesus Christ! Where is I this going? I saw it on nineties TV to know I don't want it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what they do is they take a whole bunch of wheatgrass and they stick it into a little uh, blender type thing and they pulverize it all. Pulverize it all into a little a little drink and they give it to you in a cup and it's basically just a shot of like pure pure grass. So the ad campaign is the juice and the grass is the slurs, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh boy. That's so um content warning on this one if if uh if you are from a vulnerable group and maybe don't want to hear all of these, uh skip ahead by I guess exactly 66 seconds. There we go. Um so tell me what your name is. My name is my name is my name is my name is faggot. Dyke. Lezo. Faggot. Faggot. Faggot was my whole childhood. Poof. Man hater. My name is Tranny. You fag. Very. Freak. At least twice a week. Carpet muncher. Dirty. Limp-wristed. Ladyboy. Confused. A lot of people tend to say that you just haven't met the right man yet. Don't be so feminine. People say that I don't look gay. What are you? I'm not sure what you are, but I effing hate it. Poofter. Pansy. Frigid. Queer. Gross. Just a phase. Lesbo. She-male. Sissy. Sick. Words do hurt. Homophobic slurs are posted more than 43 times a minute. This is what it's... Stop the hate. We need more hashtag love speech. Wow. From ANZ. Didn't like that. Tell you what. Hashtag love speech. Should we just maybe get out in front of this, as we have in the previous episodes, to say, hey, um, it is entirely possible we have the wrong take on this. Um, We do absolutely look for feedback um, regarding this and that, you know, any positive move in this direction is, of course, uh, worthwhile and and amazing. With that said, this is really weird. Yeah. um, Very strange. Yeah, I believe what we said when we were talking about the uh, Starbucks thing was like, I obviously, I'm a very uh, cishet guy and extremely cishet. (laughs) And and yeah, like I, so I don't really have any perspective on like the value of representation because um, every form of entertainment made between 1930 and like 2018 has been specifically made for me. So, you know, I don't really have... Before that any... was made for the French. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, obviously, like, if, if people uh, see things with representation in them and they go, great, someone like me on screen, obviously I'm not dismissing the value in that. I do kind of question the value of ANZ making an ad, which is literally a solid minute of people repeating all of the slurs that they have been called. Um, and obviously, all of the people 
Um, according to ANZ, all the people in the video are queer in some way, both behind and in front of the camera. So, again, much like the Starbucks thing, I believe we said, I'm sure there are people involved who made it and went, yes, I'm changing the world through this advertising campaign for a major financial institution. So, according to ANZ, uh, love speech is a sentence or phrase that has been adjusted to neutralize damaging language directed in an individual or group. The use of juxtaposition, humor, or hyperbole that disarms and disempowers the original statement, resulting in a peaceful resolution of conflict. And maybe a giggle. What does this have to do with the ANZ bank? What are we selling here? This is a great question. Um, So, would you guys like some examples of love speech? Because they really definitely pasted us all with the hate speech part. Go on then. Make sure we were all, you know, really... Make sure we were aware. Yeah, we were all uh, very much sitting in the bath of hate speech on that one. So, they have a... There's a series of posters here. And each of them have a... uh, Have a a sentence in like a big block... um, Block impact font type thing in white. And then appended to it uh, in wonderful gay rainbow font is the second half of the statement. Which, as they've said... Uh, neutralizes damaging language. For example, uh, trans people are sick of being so fabulous. Lesbians just haven't found the right man. Go. Lesbians just haven't found the right mango. Yeah. Really (laughs) takes the edge off the... Yeah. It barely makes sense, and then when you see it, it also barely makes sense as well. It's not, it's not a thing that visually... So, someone seeing this kind of has to sit there and go, oh, hang on, this seems pretty uh, pretty weird and hateful. Oh, and then, like, slowly come to the realisation that there's a pun here. Yeah, I mean... Well, one more Very for strange. you. One more for you. Bisexuals are just confused. Was that dress black and blue or white and gold? Wow. I'm 100% certain that whoever made this ad campaign was 40 plus years old (laughs) at this point. Well, the thing I I would genuinely love to know is, um, I guess, yeah, to to what extent were queer people involved in the actual crafting of this as an initiative? Because, like, it's, it's weird. It's very weird to me. Because if we're talking about, I guess, representational politics, a large part of that is just normalizing, uh, normalizing depictions of like queer people of different minorities in mainstream media. You know, we all understand the whole deal of if the only things that you ever get shown as the type of people to aspire aspire to are straight white people, um, then that's a uh, you know a lot of people are left out of that. A lot of people are like, hey, I never see anybody who is anything like me on screen or you know in pop music or whatever. Um, this is very strange to me as, like, I, I don't understand what the intention is because in order to get the outcome of, like, uh, you know, neutralizing or disarming, uh, disempowering a statement, you also have to be the one making the statement. You have to do a bunch of, I'm putting up posters to remind people of all the slurs and the shitty things people say. Just to then say, uh, boys should never wear dresses without a killer pillar of heels. Like, what if Which you just didn't have sucks. any of the posters? I feel like that's also a, just a shitty angle to take on whatever they're trying to do here. Which I'm still confused as to what they're actually going for here. Are they ANZ, the bank, is starting a social movement against like homophobia? Is that what's happening here? Uh, I believe so. Mm. So, um... As part of this initiative, they also made a <laughs> they also made a an extension for the web browser Chrome called the Hurt Blocker. <laughs> the, the the Hurt, hurt Blocker. blocker. Mm-hmm. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> Pay that one. <laughs> don't don't give them. <laughs> Sorry, and also I realize we're nineteen minutes into this episode. Uh, is GNOME extremely audible in this? Like oh, I, can, over the I mic? can hear her, but you never know what's going to come through the mix. You know, um, I've got she some is... cats fighting outside my house too, so uh, it's 
Gnome is singing me the song of her people. <laughs> that is, fucking feed me. And I also <laughs> don't like closed doors. As part of this, they made a Chrome extension called The Hurt Blocker. You guys right, remember Oscar winning, uh, Oscar winning 2008 film The Hurt Locker? Yeah, I, I took... Uh, it can't have been 2008, surely, because I took uh, my now Borat voice wife... <laughs> Uh, t- to like our second date. I hate to tell you this, but it was from 2008, uh, and also great choice. Must f- must have taken a while to get to Australia. Uh, my boss at the time was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? That is a <laughs> terrible movie to go to." Oh, uh, we had a great time, folks. We had a hey, great what if? Uh, hey, uh, second date, huh? How do you like movies um, with no women in them? Um, huh? Where everybody's having PTSD. Big yeah, fan. Took it, My favorite show. Took it genre. to a special showing of Salo. <laughs> <laughs> the Hurt Blocker. The Hurt Blocker. All right. So this takes homophobic <laughs> slurs and turns them into cutesy emojis. I it hate also this. includes a count of the number of slurs that have been blocked oh, at a time on cool. a page. So you could check. Isn't that nice that a page loads up and you haven't even read it yet and your little slur counter yeah. goes... Doo, 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 little alarm goes just off. ticking the, over. The slur alert. Someone's doing slurs. They're probably about you. Right Would you like here. to be reminded? This is very strange. A lot of just reminding people of slurs, this whole thing, isn't it? They're like doing irony. They're tweeting the slur, but it's in a joking way because they're on the same side as you. So, so they, you know, they caught some criticism about this, weirdly enough. Um, and they responded to a lot of the criticism on Twitter with variations on the following statement. Our hashtag love speech campaign. The, the hashtag part. Oh. You gotta have a hashtag. How, how long do you think, roughly, it has been since anybody thought that, like, a... Uh, a trending hashtag was impacting something. Anyone who wasn't 55 and trying to get the Prime Minister fired by the Queen. It's been a while. It's been a while, It's been some years. Hey, let's get this thing trending. You know how all the kids still say that about Twitter? Yeah, sure do. Uh, Yeah, is this one going to go viral? Uh, And then this 50-year-old ad exec just looks around the room and just utter silence. Our hashtag love speech campaign aims to create awareness. Cool. Yeah, hey, are you aware yeah. of these slurs? <laughs> are you aware of some of the slurs they got out there? Do you want to learn Luckily, some the new slur ones? Alarm anyway, is going off. here's about 50. These we are the had... ones we know. Sorry, okay. that cat is fucking loud. I heard that one. <laughs> Our campaign aims to create awareness and unity. We want to demonstrate the impact these words can have so that people might stop using them or call them out as hurtful when witnessed. We considered a range of community views before sharing this, uh, and every single one of their tweets in defense of themselves finished with a heart emoji. That'll do it. Um, so, yeah, the, the idea, I think there's a, like a fundamental problem here, which is um, I think that it's, it's, sort of starting, it's sort of starting with the premise that people who use slurs to um, say things to, like, uh, gay people or trans people don't know that they're hurtful? Like, is the, is the idea that somebody... Like, somebody oh, I'm sorry. Who, um, I didn't know that calling you that horrible word was offensive. Jeez. Yeah. Pretty much any, any of the things that they rattled off in the video, do they think that the people who said all of those things to all of those queer people were like, just a bit of harmless banter with me and my pal here. They just need to see the hashtag. Yeah, they see the hashtag, they see the ad and they go, oh, fuck. Damn, love is trending. I didn't know. Hashtag love speech. I didn't know. If only someone had shown up in the cafe while I was doing hate speech... Uh, and done a bit of funny juxtaposition on the end of my rant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really disarmed me. So, you know, um, great stuff from ANZ. I love to see the way that they're really fixing the community. 
Mm. Hey, here's another thing that were in the news about recently. Um, from The Guardian, ANZ says it will take a $682 million hit this year to compensate customers who it ripped off over the past decade, oh. adding to a remediation bill that has already climbed into the billions across the scandal-plagued banking industry. Over the past two years, ANZ has spent more than $1 billion on compensating customers. The that bank sounds like market. a lot to me. That's that a, lot is, of money. a lot. Seems like a big number. Now, I know we don't have our numbers expert Ben here tonight. No, uh, a billion is a big number. So we'll we'll never know how many that zeros later. that number has. It's at, least, it's got at least 10 six. million. Yeah. Imagine how many languages you could translate those slurs into for a billion dollars. You could be beaming slurs into the Amazon jungle, into uncontacted <laughs> tribes. Uh, but instead, they have to pay it all out to these pesky customers. This is just where it becomes so transparent that absolutely all of this is just like a desperate they've hired an ad company to do something about their image which has taken a huge hit because they ripped off people and they've had to pay a fuckload of money to people over the years and they're trying to desperately do whatever they can and some like 40 year old ad guy has come in and been like get this we're gonna we're gonna do some some love wins hashtag while we <laughs> say some slurs on the tv God, would you love to be a fly on the wall in the meeting where someone was like, "No, no, we don't, we don't edit any of them out. We don't edit any of them out. It's mostly just slurs." I did notice that it was entirely slurs, except for the person who said, "Like, uh, you're an effing poofter or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, you can't say. Oh, fuck. you can't say that word. Okay. You can't say fuck, but all these other ones are cool. They're ready to go for TV. That's all good. Very nice." Oh, speaking of being a fly on the wall or a fly at all, um, I think <laughs> no. No. I think that it's time to take a little trip over for a special edition of Nature Corner. Country roads, take me home to the place Do you hear that, everybody? That means we got to double barrel this bad boy up and also make it a <laughs> baboon watch. Oh, bless. Baboon watch. Thank you dearly to uh, B-Dogs from the Discord who uh, remixed the Nature Corner theme with the baboons in about 15 minutes. Um, is, is that... Is that the actual baboons from the news story? No, I I don't know. I doubt it. I think he just I think he just googled free baboon MP3, uh, and that's what we arrived on. But look, I'll I'll take it. Um, and on that note, we've only had about an hour to spend with this news story, by the way, and I feel like it's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, so probably, like I said, about an hour ago. Um, there was a tweet, which is probably one of the most portentous tweets I've ever read. Um, just miss on scene for days. Um, police have confirmed to Sky News Australia they're on scene at Sydney's RPA hospital where baboons have escaped the facility. Is there any... <laughs> is there any indication of... What the baboons were doing at the oh, hospital. just raises so many questions. Well, that's, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm going to assume it's for medical testing, <laughs> which is awful, is a, and I'm glad they escaped. I assume it's like, it's going to turn out to be like a 28 days later rage virus uh, baboon experimentation scenario. Oh, look. I mean, there were, there were ideas just firing off. Just any, any little thought nut that anyone could get out about this. Uh, they had that. There is... Um, a university uh, research uh, attached to this hospital, uh, as there is, you know, most big hospitals. Maybe the baboons came from there. Maybe they've been given psychic powers and the ability to lift a Ford Falcon with their minds. Mm. Can I can I give you the actual reason? Uh, I I know the reason, but is I, there an I actual reason? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear it from Andrew though. Okay, so this is from. Twitter account of Rose Brennan, who is the chief of staff of the Daily Telegraph. 
have been told the baboons were not destined for medical research, the 15-year-old male was on his way to have a vasectomy. He was accompanied by his two wives who had been brought along to support him. Are you oh. fucking with me? Are you God. fucking joking? No. <laughs> they no. brought his monkey wives. <laughs> he brought his monkey wives. They, they took the whole polycule along to oh, get yes. him fixed. And he was too much of a fuck beast. Broke loose. As soon as he knew that he wasn't going to be like... Uh, there is there is incredible video of them just like prowling through the uh, emergency like intake for the ambulances and cars and stuff. Um, Why did they bring confused. his wives? That seems well, like a bad choice. Down. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't calm him down. They've rolled him right up. Now They've there's bloody him. baboons <laughs> on the loose. <laughs> They're still on the loose right as we record this. I assume by the time people no, listen no, no. to they've, this. No, no, no. They have been. Uh, oh, they've they been called, captured? Yeah, yeah. They called the guy from the pound with the cartoonishly large net. The baboon uh, net. <laughs> <laughs> they've thrown over all three of them. Oh, I want to be the guy shooting them with the big uh, blow dart. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and they kind of take it out, has a look at it with baboon-like confusion. Before. And the eyes roll back Damn. in the skull. Uh-huh. Didn't even Falls get to down. cause much havoc with their no. big old red butts. Hardly even a rampage. He, he falls down to the ground, both of his wives screeching in <laughs> dismay. <laughs> <laughs> they should just do this anyway. Yeah. Every so often, they should just fucking let some let some animals go. Whatever the funniest combination is at the time, as the sort of zeitgeist changes year to year. Because honestly, I think we need this. Mm. We've had too much bad news. That's uh, true. Had too, too many things to think about. There's so many things to think about right now. And I would say that there's a large part of my brain that would rather be thinking about um, sex-craved baboon pollicles on the loose (laughs) in the center of sydney um speaking of things that i would prefer to keep my brain on um i asked my wife whether she knew anything about this no sorry this is about this the the about the fourth story on on our list my apologies which i don't think we're even going to get to um which is a shame uh because it's about pablo escobar's um hippos uh, going on the loose mm. and just destroying the serenity of uh, of like local villages and stuff. And I asked Caitlin about this, and uh, and she said, "Yeah, yeah, I saw the story. Like, oh, but did you did you read the details? She said, oh, I wasn't interested in." in <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what I had to say. <laughs> I wasn't interested in Pablo Escobar's rogue hippo community. It's like just another rogue hippo have story. To accept we're just two different people. <laughs> Um, well, generally, a marriage uh, does have two different people in it. That's true. That's true. Or well, a marriage Three, fact for you, there, a, folks. If you're an absolute uh, sex-craved baboon mm. on the way to the uh, to the uh, whatever that hospital is, RIP to those baboons, or not if they're still alive. So, just in case um, you don't know what the fuck we are talking about, uh, here's a quick little skim of this uh, piece from ABC. More than 80 hippopotamuses roaming Colombia's major river thanks to Pablo Escobar. 80? Uh, wow. Escobar was killed in 1993, but his life of luxury at the Hacienda Napoli's ranch left a negative legacy for the Colombian environment, specifically around the town of Doradol, where hippopotamuses have been known to roam the streets or end up at the local soccer Jeez pitch. Christ. At the height of his power in the 1980s, the drug lord bought four hippos to a private zoo at his sprawling estate, along with giraffes and elephants. That's Michael Jackson style here. Um, after his death, while the other animals were taken away, the hippos were deemed too difficult and remained at the property. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the too hard basket. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you ever tried to move a hippo? Well, I mean, they're the most dangerous animals in the world, pound for pound. So, you know, why not just leave them? In the streets. Just let them go. Why are you belong? keeping hippos? What a terrible... That's not luxury. Yeah. Sounds I mean, awful. every time I try and move a hippo, right, I get within, say, 12 feet of it. I take off my left thong, and then I take off my right thong, and I just kind of give them both a bit of a smack together a few times, see if I can just kind of get the hippo moving in the oh, direction yeah. I want them to go. Flip-flops for our American listeners. Yep. Flip-flops. Get out of here. Flip. 
fucking I, I, I wang me flip flops together. <laughs> I'm I'm um, happy for Americans to just carry that vision. Anytime they hear thongs, Andrew they're, taking they're off his thong. simple brains just go straight towards the underwear, and that's fine. Look. Just Which leave is them go. The sexiest yeah. thing an American man can think of. They are uh, Joe Pantoliano in the Matrix. <laughs> uh, ignorance is bliss. Let them go. That's right. So I smack them together. You know, I, I make noises like psst, psst. Uh, and then if they don't move, I am out of ideas. I put my thongs back on. I go in the house. So, <laughs> you know. Mm. So uh, basically. They have multiplied as hippopotamuses um, who have not had vasectomies, I want to do. Uh, and there are now more than 80 living in the area uh, around the Rio Magdalena, Colombia's principal river. Damn, they've been fucking those hippos. They have been fucking they've and been procreating. These um, so, you know, this worries residents. The three-ton animals can be aggressive and kill more people per year in Africa than any other wildlife species, which is a fun fact. Except for humans, am I right? The most dangerous beast of them all. That's right. Except for Donald Trump Jr. Probably. <laughs> he likes to shoot uh, nice-looking animals with a big blunderbuss like a fucking idiot. Um, so, yeah, basically, don't go there because there's just fucking hippos everywhere. Sounds like and shit. they do things to people that are unpleasant. Um, so Which they have I'll, I'll, every right to do. Of course, of course. Did they ask to be taken there? No, maybe they did. I don't really know about it. I don't know how a hippo asks for something. Uh, perhaps a strategic waggling of the ears, which we know mm. they can do. But um, maybe to give you an idea of what kind of things happen, we're now going to have a little reading from a story in The Guardian uh, from 2013. We're going way back here. Now, have you ever seen these stories that they do in The Guardian, which is someone describing an experience that they had? Like, I was shot favorite. and had to go to the hospital or whatever the fuck, you know? <clears throat> this one uh, <laughs> Experience I was swallowed by a hippo Not the by hippo That is an Straight up Don't buy it <laughs> <laughs> The hippo who tried to kill me Wasn't a stranger He and I had met before A number of times I was 27 And owned a business Taking clients down The Zambezi River Near Victoria Falls I'd been working This stretch of river For years And the grouchy old Two-ton bull Had carried out The occasional Half-hearted attack I'd learned to avoid him Hippos are territorial, and I knew where he was most likely to be at any given time. That day, I'd taken clients out with three apprentice guides, Mike, Ben, and Evans, all in kayaks. Ooh. We were near the end of the tour, the light was softening, and we were taking in the tranquility. The solid whack I felt behind me took me by surprise. I turned just in time to see Evans, who had been flung out of his boat, flying through the air. Oh, shit. His boat, with two clients still in it, had been lifted half out of the water on the back of the huge bull hippo. There was a cluster of rocks nearby, and I yelled at the nearest apprentice to guide everyone there to safety. Then I turned my boat and paddled furiously towards Evans. I reached over to grab his outstretched hand, but as our fingers were about to touch, Sistine Chapel style, uh, I was engulfed in darkness. There was no transition at all, no sense of approaching danger. It was as if I had suddenly gone blind and deaf. I was aware that my legs were surrounded by water, but my top half was almost dry. I seemed to be trapped in something slimy. <laughs> this is where he uh, pulls a match out of his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a terrible sulfurous smell like rotten eggs and a tremendous pressure against my chest. My arms were trapped, but I managed to free one hand and felt around. My palm passed through the wiry bristles of the hippo's snout. Fuck off. No, it didn't. This is... It was only then... What you were saying is crazy. <laughs> it was only then that I realized I was underwater, trapped up to my waist in his mouth. I wriggled as hard as I could, and in the few seconds for which he opened his jaws, I managed to escape. I swam towards Evans, but the hippo struck again, dragging me back under the surface. I'd never heard of a hippo attacking repeatedly like this, but he clearly wanted me dead. Hippo's mouths have huge tusks, slicing incisors, and a bunch of smaller chewing teeth. It felt as if the bull was making full use of the whole lot as he mauled me. A doctor later Ooh. counted almost 40 puncture wounds and bite marks on my body. Ooh. The bull simply went berserk, throwing me into the air and catching me again, shaking me like a dog with a doll. Then down we went again, right to the bottom, and everything went still. I remember looking up through 10 feet of water at the green and yellow light playing on the surface and wondering which one of us could hold his breath the longest. I reckon it's the hippo. 
<laughs> Way bigger lung capacity uh-huh. lives in the water. Yeah, they love to go under there. Yeah, like this guy, I don't know how much time he spends at the pool. You got to put some work in if you want to, you know, really get your time up that you can hold your breath for. Blood rose from my body in clouds and a sense of resignation overwhelmed me. I've no idea how long we stayed under. Time passes very slowly when you're in a hippo's mouth. (laughs) The hippo lurched suddenly for the surface, spitting me out as it rose. Mike was still waiting for me in his kayak and managed to paddle me to safety. I was a mess. My left arm was crushed to a pulp. Blood poured from the wounds in my chest and when he examined my back... Mike discovered a wound so savage that my lung was visible. No. Uh-uh. I don't know about this one. No. Uh-uh. Luckily, he knew first aid and was able to seal the wounds in my chest with the wrapper oh, yeah, from yeah, a tray yeah. of let snacks. Just, let me just consult my first aid manual for everything. <laughs> I've got absolutely fucking everything in the book. So how do I, how do I read all the pages at once? Oh, my goodness. Uh, by chance, a medical team was nearby on an emergency drill, and with their help, I stayed alive long enough to reach a hospital with a surgeon. He warned me he would probably have to take off both my arms and the bottom of my injured leg. Oh my fucking god. In the end, I lost only my left arm, and they managed to patch up the rest. Cool. So this guy is very rosy about this whole thing. Um, and also, I feel if you're a sub-editor, and the sentence, time passes very slowly when you're in a hippo's mouth... You kind of just, I, I feel, would, would just, like, run around the room in disbelief, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you're never going to get an article like this again. That's just me. I, I don't know. I I never get to edit articles about people being swallowed whole mm-hmm. by hippos, but I'd love that f- to be my job. Huh. Evans's body was found downriver two days later. Oh. Poor Evans. Jesus. Attempts were made to find and kill the rogue hippo, but he seemed to have gone into hiding. Probably wearing a big moustache. <laughs> um, Top hat. <laughs> little beret. <laughs> uh, monocle. Whole deal. Very dark glasses. That's the main thing. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm convinced, though, that I met him one more time. Two I'm years sorry, later, what? <laughs> <laughs> two years later... I led an exposition down the Zambezi, and as we drifted past the stretch where the attack had taken place, a huge hippo lurched out of the water next to my canoe. Oh my god. I screamed so loudly that those with me said they'd never heard anything like it. He <laughs> dived back under and was never seen again. I'd bet my life savings it was the same hippo, determined to have the final word. So you went back to your job. Am I to understand this man is armless now? He lost yes. an arm? Well, Went back to his job down the Zambezi River, and I don't know. I don't it's know about a living. This. <laughs> well, it's the one way to make a living. It ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, now Ben, who provided the research for this episode, helpfully included this story from Agents France Press in March last year. Uh, very similar. Like the Bible's Jonah, a South African marine conservationist has narrowly survived after being caught in the jaws of a whale. No thank you. That is not for me. No thanks. Uh, Rainier Schimpf, 51, was swept into the mouth of a large bride's whale off the coast of the South African town of Port Elizabeth while snorkeling and filming a sardine run last month. Looming up out of the darkness below came a bride's well, shooting up into the ball of fish, gulping all in its path, he told the AFP, adding that his legs were hanging from the mammal's mouth during the incident <laughs> at the end of February. It's very similar to the, to the hippo guy. Just kicking about. Uh, Shimp's wife, Silky, and a photographer watched on in horror from their boat. <laughs> Charted to watch the sardine run, which creates a marine feeding frenzy off Africa's southern coast. Hey... Anytime you hear the words uh, feeding frenzy, yep. do you also think, let me grab my camera and jump in there? Hey, let me just get mm-hmm. uh, get all amongst that for a second. Yeah, ooh. Hey, Andrew, uh, keep going. I'm just going to go and uh, yell directly into Gnome's face for a second. One sec. Yeah, go for it. Uh, he says, I felt some pressure around my waist and I immediately knew what had happened. It accidentally included me in its mouth together with its main meal, the sardines. Uh, Schimpf, an award-winning conservationist with 20 years' experience, said the ordeal lasted a matter of seconds rather than the three nights Jonah spent in a whale's <laughs> stomach. 
according to the Bible well, story. I didn't think he spent three nights in this whale's stomach. Didn't really cross my mind. Are you sure that your assumption wasn't, oh, he got swallowed by a whale three days and three nights? That's the standard deal, right? It's your classic whale swallowing. Uh, I don't know about you, but every story I see in the news, I frame in biblical sense, you know? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Very normal. Uh, then the whale realized its mistake and opened its mouth, releasing me. I was washed out with what felt like tons of water from its mouth, he oh, said. Oh, this is making me viscerally uncomfortable. Oh. Do, you, do you think it's a, a mistake in whale terms? And and that the whale realized it. Huh. Yeah. Oh, it's this not, is not, not a this is no good for me. Yeah, this doesn't, uh, according to my whale flowchart, kind of went went wrong somewhere here. I do not care for this at all. Uh, the whale says. <laughs> mm, South African, no thanks. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> uh, I have been neglecting to do a South African accent this whole time. Uh, when he finally reached the surface, he took a breath and rejoined his fellow snorkelers who were unaware of the unfolding drama. We, s- we swim back to the whistle. <laughs> Clumbed, climbed up and I checked if the, <laughs> the camera were okay. No broken bones, no crick ribs. All was good, he said. Oh, my it's not God. bad. Sound like you're in Chappy. Chippy. Chippy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Chippy. That's Chippy. <laughs> oh, terrible stuff. Now, there's a, there's a story here that I have really been wanting to get into for some time. And in order to do so, we will need to play the theme... For the segment, plainly speaking. Ah, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Now, this is a story from Canada uh, that I saw at the start of February. Very funny to me. Very much not funny to the people in the story. Now, Lucy, I want you to give me your thoughts and feelings on this as we go through. Mm. Um, as a big-time plane passenger, person who loves to go on the planes, you like. I was to wondering sit. how you were going to describe me just then. That was very pragmatic. Thank you. A big, big-time plane passenger. You mm-hmm. do love to go on the planes. I just love it. You just sit, sit in the belly of the plane. You know? That's right. Oh, you know what I saw the other day. You remember when, um, I believe it was United Airlines, accidentally tweeted um, that photo of the lady pleasuring herself with the toy plane? Oh, my God. <clears throat> remember that? Didn't huh. see that one. Sounds just, good. You haven't seen it? No. This was like 2013, I think. I remember it was at least that long ago because I remember sitting in the office uh, when I uh, saw the tweet at work. Uh, incredible. Lucy, I'll catch you up. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go Send through this through offline. Okay. <laughs> 2013, the year that man was swallowed by a whale. Huh. I mean, a hippo. A lot of things happened there. I got married. There was the, the <laughs> plane vagina thing. The hippo stuff, all of it. A lot of things happened. So, here's a story from CBC. Uh, an Ontario man who caused a WestJet flight to turn around and fly back to Toronto claims that his intent was to create a viral video when he suggested on the plane that he may be sick with the new coronavirus. Uh, The the internet was a mistake. Quote, It certainly wasn't a smart thing to do. James Potok, 28, of Vaughan, Ontario, north of Toronto, said on Tuesday. (laughs) Potok, who describes himself as a frequent flyer and an upcoming hip-hop R&B artist, Apologized to 243 passengers aboard flight 2702 to Montego Bay, Jamaica. But Patok, who has been charged with mischief and breach of recognizance, claimed that he didn't actually say he had the coronavirus. Halfway into the flight, he said he pulled out his camera, stood up, and then asked if he could get everyone's attention. <clears throat> so this Not is a something quote you from... want on a plane. Anyways, continue. Yeah. I don't want anyone to look at me on a plane for no, any I, reason. I don't want attention anytime, let alone uh, midway through a flight for this exact reason. Uh, the flight attendant can look at me when we're talking to each other about like the drink I'm getting or whatever. Uh, and the flight attendant, so maybe the captain can look at me when I'm getting off and I'm saying thank you. That's it. 
Those are the only people who should have to make eye contact with me during my journey on a plane. Uh, so here's a quote from him. I said, I just returned from a flight from Hunan province. I might have said, this is the capital for coronavirus. Hang on, and so I might have said, wasn't he filming this for a video? I guess. Okay, so they know exactly what he said. So first he says, I just returned from a flight from Hunan province. I might have said, it's the capital for coronavirus. And then I said, I don't feel too well. Mm. And I looked around. I saw the reception of the people. They didn't seem too happy about it. I don't blame them. And I stopped recording and I sat back down in my chair. Now, hmm. this cloud should be funny. I, so, <laughs> this, this paragraph I kind of struggle with a little bit because it kind of seems like he got up, he said the thing, and then everyone was like, oh, shit. And that wasn't the reaction that he was expecting? And then he just dejectedly sat back down? Yeah, and I will say that this is a this is a genre of prank that I don't understand, which is... No, no, no not one bit. Which is the predictable response one. Yeah. Like um like now don't don't actually look at this on YouTube because it's gonna it's gonna fuck up your recommendations for the rest of your life. But like um YouTube pranksters and stuff like that, there's there's just a million of these things of like fake abduction. Kids love it too. They love this shit. My nephew always watches it and he always tells me about it. I'm like, well, cool, man, that sounds fucking terrible. I got someone to snatch my girlfriend in a car and pretend that they were abducting her and we filmed it all. And she cried. And she hated it. She thought that she was going to die. And then afterwards I was like, ha ha. She was like, you piece of shit. But um, yeah, I don't understand like when you kind of already know what the outcome of the thing is going to be. I don't understand where, where the comedy comes in beyond... Hey, I made a bunch of people on the plane think that they were going to get coronavirus. I, I think he was expecting some sort of like flying high esque mayhem, right? Whoa! Like the whole thing would just yeah, the whole thing, whole plane would just explode, and there'd just be like you know litter flying in the air, uh, and people like with their hands on their heads just shrieking and running back and forth on the aisles. I've never done that. Why I are people will. so stupid on planes? I feel like. Maybe people don't know this, but when you commit a normal crime on a plane, it becomes a much more serious crime. So I flew back from Melbourne just the other day and I was on a plane. We were about to take off. We were literally taxiing out uh, and there were there were three or four guys and they were just being super weird. And one of them wouldn't sit down and he said, I need to go to the toilet. Uh, and she's like, you can't go to the toilet. The, he told the flight attendant to shut up. And she was Ooh. like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm calling the captain now. Uh, they called the captain. We immediately stopped taxiing. Uh, we reversed back in. They, he Beep. actually turned Beep. the plane around <laughs> yes. and pulled up. And then the federal police came in and they pulled them all off the plane. And the entire process took an hour and a half. So wow. don't do that. Don't Please do any of this stuff. Don't be stupid on a plane. It's going to be a federal offense. Be, because you do not you want to talk to the fucking federal police. They're probably worse than the normal police. And we know how bad that is. So don't do it. It's not funny. It's just very, very weird to do this thing that you're doing. Stop it. Stop. It's also not even like... Um, like the thing I remember from traveling overseas like not long after 9-11 like within a couple of years of 9-11 kind of thing was that they had obviously like bought a lot of security stuff in in different places and and like they had the signs up in american do they uh, sorry in australian is it australian places or american places where they have the signs that say like no joking like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I've seen that everywhere. Like, don't don't joke about because because that was the classic thing. Like for the next couple of years, there'd be just some some dude that's like, oh, you yeah, know, you know, not got a bomb in there or anything like that. And they're like, well, into uh, the lock room it down, with you. lock it down. You're not going to enjoy the next twelve hours of your life. I'm just going to put that right out front. Yeah, and um, 
I mean, I, I had a thing once where I was getting a flight in Canberra. I was going to like Melbourne or something. Um, and I was waiting at the gate. I had like checked my bags. This is back. Remember back when people checked bags on planes? I still do that. I can't yeah, afford right? that shit. Bloody Monopoly guy over here. Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> Borrowed the monocle from the hippo. Jeez. I'm just going to put all my clothes in seven kilos worth of bag. Mm. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so I'm, I'm like waiting at the gate and a thing comes over the loudspeaker that's like, Mr. Mr. Andrew Law, report hmm. to the security desk. And I was like, okay. And I came down and they were like, there's a problem with your luggage. And I was like, okay. Uh, and they were like, yeah, there's, there is there is like an unidentified object vibrating in your luggage. Oh, no. All right. Okay. So first of all, I yeah. was going to make this joke and then I immediately yeah. thought, no, you know what? You don't always have to take the obvious joke. Let's just see how this plays out. We'll just kind of and, just see and where I this was is like, going. And I was like, what? What? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, you have to go down there and sort it out and like get yep. whatever it is out of your bag yourself because um, we're not touching it and I'm surprised they don't just explode your bag immediately you know like <laughs> take it out, out of on the a tarmac. t-shirt yeah. cannon <laughs> but, um, but yeah I went down there and was like what the fuck and fished open this thing and I had an electric toothbrush and the button had become pressed and I was like oh it's my toothbrush and they were like cool okay um, and now I, I have like um I have like, you know, rechargeable uh, beard trimmer clippers thing, uh, which if I'm going away for a bit, I will take with me. And now I use that fucking, they come with like a little travel plug that you can stick in the charging hole and it stops the button from being able to be pressed. And I was like, you know what? I use that now Mm -hmm. because I don't want to get called back down to the fucking place. Uh, But again, nobody actually checks bags in anymore. No one, Theo. Yeah. Okay. Well... But you would hate to be the person that just, like, delayed the plane due to dildo suspicion. Mm. So, um, asked why he performed this stunt, this guy said, uh, well, it was really just to create a viral video to get something that, in my opinion, would have gone on to Six Buzz, a Toronto social media site. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what? Really is this, what's happening <laughs> in Canada? Like, oh, saw that shit on Six Buzz. <laughs> Six Buzz. <laughs> Sight set on the big time. <laughs> Gonna be as big as Brian Adams on Six Buzz. Yeah, really. <laughs> my, ticket, my ticket to the stars. Uh, Drake's gonna get in contact with me. Really looking to get played on Nine News Toowoomba. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh, so he says he wanted to create a video that viewers would watch and share. He added he has done something similar before. Once, he stood up on a plane and made an announcement saying Lil Wayne had just dropped his new album. And then, Potok said he stopped recording and sat down. According to Potok, that video did go viral. In what did it, though? Possible world. Is this like the people who get like um, 150 likes on a tweet and then they say, like, Whoa, wow, this, this is, is really blowing up. Yeah, here's my SoundCloud. Um... Except this guy literally has a SoundCloud that he yes, wants to link he, to. Yes, he definitely does. Let me tell you, if you care to look at the news stories for this, this man looks exactly as you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> asked, asked if Monday's stunt was just a little different, given that the coronavirus has killed more than 400 people and sickened thousands, Patok agreed. Yeah, it definitely is different in retrospect thinking about it, he said. Well, that's that's bad, right? But on the upside, it has given like millions of office workers across the entire world um, the same joke to tell whenever one, whenever anyone coughs in the office now. That's so good. I assume that's well, just the joke that's being said that's, everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, well, we needed something new because like bird flu, bird flu is oh, like right, old. Of course, now. yeah. Yeah, you know? uh, we don't have SARS, SARS anymore. Yeah, hopefully right. SARS. Um, these Le- are not Legionnaires that- disease. Oh fuck! I had a Legionnaires disease outbreak uh, in the hospital I used to work in. So oh my yes, God. <laughs> yikes! Dead on. Well so done, um, Lucy. <laughs> he continues. It wasn't the best thing to do. Me as an entertainer, we always look for a reaction from people. I didn't get the reception I was looking for. I didn't get the reaction that I was looking for. 
A woman seated across from him said, You're joking, right? He replied, Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing you want to do is just back down immediately whenever anyone questions you in anything. (laughs) Drop the ruse entirely. Oh, God. But he did get a reaction from a masked flight attendant who marched him to the back of the plane and put him in a row by himself and made him wear gloves and a mask. And he did get a reaction from the Peel Regional Police... Regional Pool... Regional Police. Jeez. Regional Police. Regional Police. The Peel Regional reasonable. Police. There's the, there's the episode title right there. Uh, because they arrested him and charged him. He said he felt guilty when he found out that the plane was turning around and he had ruined the vacation plans of 243 people. You dumb That bothered bitch. me, he said. He said he never intended to induce fear. Mm. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Just enjoy the damn plane <laughs> d- ride. What is I wrong with people? I don't really feel like this guy is kind of in tune with uh, human thought or emotion. Mm. Like I don't. I don't know if he knows. No, and I'll, I'll I'll just give us this final bit here and say. So he says, "I'm extremely sorry. I am completely remorseful to everybody that I damaged their plans." To WestJet, I am apologetic. Very sorry for the situation at hand. Me being an entertainer, there are things to say and things not to say. This was probably something, in retrospect, I should not have said. Um, this really just surely solidifies for us all that any anybody who aspires to be an entertainer is a psychopath. Starting a yep. sentence with me being an entertainer is it's like the the as a mother of this genre. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I did also really like this story. Um, from the ABC News in America. Did you know they have one now as well? Oh, sort of like a satellite sort of thing. Yeah, I assume it's a spin-off. Some sort of regional ABC News. Um, The police are seeking to identify a young man who was caught on cell phone camera wearing a yellow medical mask and a sign that said, I have the coronavirus, as he sprayed disinfectant on items at a Walmart in Joliet Sunday, causing nearly $10,000 in damage. He was telling everyone the same thing, that he was protecting them from the virus, said Tony Proke's customer. What? <laughs> How? What? What is the thought? Uh, not sure, really. Okay. Um, so police said two men in their 20s walked into the store in the 1400 block of Route 59, and one of them put on a yellow surgical mask. He was also wearing a handmade sign on his back that read, Caution, I have the coronavirus. Police said he then began spraying a substance later determined to be Lysol on produce, clothing, and health and beauty items. The prank was meant to scare people about the novel coronavirus that has killed hundreds in China and infected thousands before spreading to other countries. What is wrong with you? And once again, he is facing felony charges. Uh... The store has to be professionally cleaned and dozens of items are thrown out. Walmart estimated the loss of produce at more than $7,300 with an additional cleanup cost of more than 2400 police said. Uh, but also, who gives a fuck about Walmart losing $10,000? No. Oh, yeah. Don't care about this that This is much funnier than the plain one. True. Uh, this one, you just see a guy going around doing a bunch of property damage to Walmart and the other one, you don't get to go to Jamaica. Mm. <laughs> Way less funny. I think we can all agree. Hey, uh, speaking of funny, I know I know we're over an hour, but I, I really got to ram this take through. Can we? Can we? Can we please just uh, one, shove it up? One me. take. Shove, shove this take up me. Go on. Yeah, I got to yeah. pack this take into the bottom of my gigantic take musket. Uh, you blunder bus. Yep. Uh, just blast it out of there. This is uh, from Rush Limbaugh, and he has a take on the coronavirus. Would you believe, um, folks? This coronavirus thing, I want to try to put this in perspective for you. It looks like the coronavirus is being weaponized as yet another element to bring down Donald Trump. Now, uh-huh. I want to tell you the truth about the coronavirus. Uh, he gets interrupted, uh, I think, immediately by whoever he's talking to here. You think I'm wrong about this. You think I'm missing it by saying that, yeah, I'm dead right on this. The coronavirus is the common cold, folks. The drive-by media hype of this thing as a pandemic as the Andromeda strain as, oh my God, if you get it, you're dead. Do you know what the, I think the survival rate is 98%. 
90% of the people get the coronavirus survive. It's a respiratory system virus. It is probably a Tricom laboratory experiment that is in the process of being weaponized. All superpower nations weaponize bioweapons. They experiment with them. The Russians, for example, have weaponized fentanyl. Now, fentanyl is also not what it is represented to be. Galaxy brains. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just just to check, is this coming from a notorious prescription drug addict, Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> so probably knows a thing or two, but I, I yep, okay, I, I I have nothing to hold on to in this entire ride. To be perfectly honest, there are there is no train of thought here. Kissing my so fingers like an Italian chef, mm-hmm. love it. Yep. And as we know, as we all know, if only ninety-eight percent of people who contract a highly, highly contagious disease die, well, it's that's pretty much nobody. It's yeah, pretty, pretty much no one. You know how two in a hundred people die of uh, common cold, which is also being weaponized by the Russians to, or whatever's to, to going on. No, by the Chinese Trump. to take down Trump. Somehow, sure. <laughs> Somehow. We're not even going to explain like. What the link is there? Just roll with yeah, it. Yeah, it's supposed to take down Trump because you know how he's always going at it with China and the coronavirus outbreak makes China look good? Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's it for us, folks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you would like an extra episode of the show every week or, hey, even if you just would like to support us, you know, keep us ad-free. All those ads we're yeah, itching to keep play. us ad-free. We're going to get ads on if you don't support us. If you don't support the show by going to patreon.com slash Buntavista and putting down $5 a month, we will be playing the solid minute of slurs uh, in every episode from ANZ. It's new slurs every week. Mm. <laughs> like every halfway, halfway through the episode, you know, just rattle it in there. Oh, God. So don't make us do that, you know? Don't, please don't make us do We'd that. Really I will that. just say the anti-crime pass of the week Please don't do crimes on the plane. Don't do It's plane bad crimes. for everybody. Keep plane it on should the ground. be a sacred zone. It's a sacred zone for sitting down and enjoying mankind's most beautiful creation. I'll tell you this. Um, the airlines are doing everything they can to ruin all of the aspects of air travel. We don't need to do any additional stuff to each other. That's right. Just let you know? people be swallowed up by the majestic hippo of the sky. That's mm-hmm. right. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.